Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on a 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. It took 26 days, but Governor Pritzker has officially signed off on sports betting in Illinois. The midpoint of the baseball season has come and gone, so we're going to take a deep dive on season bets that you can still place. But we start with Mitch Trubisky's MVP odds dropping from 200 to 1 all the way down to 50 to 1 in one day. John Murray of the Superbook in Las Vegas explained. Hey, Joe, you know, the, they were outraged, and they they, uh, they got down to business. We already had taken a bunch of bets on Trubisky. We had to move him to 50-1. to 1. We already built up such a big liability on him. All right, so how many bets have you received on Trubisky for MVP? Trubisky right now is taking eight bets. He took another one this morning. It's 50-1. to 1. The guy bet 100 bucks. It's 50-1 to 1 this morning. So we're not planning to lower it off to 50 anytime soon, but you never know. If we had a guy come in, make a large bet, at some point in the next couple of days, I guess we'd have to go even lower. But we're starting to see money come in elsewhere as well. We had a couple of bets come in this morning. Dak Prescott, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson, all the quarterbacks. And I can't blame people for betting quarterbacks because, let's face it, a quarterback is going to win this award. When you guys set that number of 200 to 1 earlier on in this week, uh, did you think those were true odds, or did you think, okay, Bears fans are going to bet on their team every single summer, we're used to it, uh, we're going to draw a lot of money at this number and a lot of attention? Yeah, maybe we went too high on Trubisky, because I, sometimes I forget how blindly Chicago fans will back their teams. They, they do it with the Bears, they did it with the Cubs, even when the Cubs were awful during that stretch where they were rebuilding. People still bet on the Cubs doing the World Series. So maybe we should have uh, not started it that high, just knowing how blindly loyal the Chicago fan base is. But I think he's at least 200 to 1 to win the MVP. I don't really – and I was somebody that really defended him last year in a number of interviews I did. I think he's an okay player. I, just, I don't think he's an MVP at all. My entire conversation with John Murray is on Thursday's podcast posted on 670thescore.com. also have the link on my Twitter feed at Joe0670.
Going back to March, I invited Michael Beller on the show from Sports Illustrated, and we previewed the season, gave our picks for the awards, divisions, all that stuff. So I figured since we're just past the midway point of the year, now's a good chance to catch up with Michael once again and to see how things have changed after just a half a season of baseball. Michael Beller, how you doing? Thanks for coming back on Early Odds. Yeah, thanks for having me, Joe. I'm doing well. I, I guess I wish that some of those predictions back in March would have uh, been looking a little better at this point, but uh, that's what the All-Star break allows us, right? A little bit of a natural reset. Yeah, we'll go over all of these. Now some of the stuff seems unbettable. There are players that seem to be locks for the awards, but we can't run from this. We spent a half hour on early odds a few months back gushing over the Nationals on the 670, the score airwaves here. Uh, and they got all the way down to 12 games below 500 at one point. They're playing better now. Maybe there's a chance they can come all the way back and win the division. But what happened with our Nats? I, I guess it's just what happens with, with the Nationals every single year. This team that consistently has built up legitimate World Series aspirations only to dash them, uh, dash them a little bit earlier than we're used to this season. But uh, it, it sort of defies explanation with all the talent that is on that team, and not just as though it's concentrated in one area of the team. They've got good starting pitching. They've got uh, a solid offense. Uh, the bullpen has been a bit of an issue, and we knew that that might be a case coming into the year. But it's still a head-scratcher, even knowing what we know now with hindsight. But I do think that there's still plenty of time for this team, maybe not to win the East, but certainly to get into the postseason still. I do agree, and we've seen the turnaround of late, and the schedule is looking pretty soft right now. Don't know, yeah, again, if they can catch the Braves, but they can cause some damage if they could get in. So the question is, as we go through these divisions, what you also have to contemplate is, okay, are they going to be a buyer in about a month from right now? Mm -hmm. I just don't see the Nationals being sellers as long as they're somewhat close. I totally agree. We actually wrote about this on uh, on Sports Illustrated. Our MLB team did a roundtable yesterday talking about which of these fringe contenders, basically which of the teams in the wild card hunt, should be aggressive buyers. And I said it should be the Nationals. You've got the, the Scherzer-Strasburg window coming to an end. Anthony Rendon is a free agent after this year. Certainly no guarantee that he's back in Washington next season. Uh, you've got one more chance to really give it a run with this core of guys and still a very dangerous team. And we know what happens in baseball. More than half the battle of winning a World Series is just getting into the playoffs. Anything can happen once you're there. And I don't think anyone wants to look at Scherzer, Strasburg, Patrick Corbin, even though he hasn't been great in a short series. Of course, we'll get to the NL Central coming up, but let's start with this NL East as long as we're here already. The Nats are 8-1, to Phillies 6-1 to to win the division. Can anyone catch the Braves? It's going to be a tall order for anyone to catch the Braves just because they're so far ahead and they are legitimately good. I don't think we should be looking at the Braves as a team that is due for some second-half regression. I think there is something to be said for taking that plus 800 uh, on Washington. I'm not really too strongly into it. I just think that it's too big a lead. Atlanta's too good a team. Yeah. Uh, they're just starting to get Dallas Keuchel into the rotation so it's a bet that I would not really be all that into. I could make an argument for Washington just because of all the pay, all the talent on paper that we talked about. As you said, the fact that they've played so much better of late. But I just see Atlanta maybe not running away with it purely the way we talked about that. 
but keeping Washington and Philly at arm's length at least for the rest of the season. Yeah, that's a lot of ground to make up in that division, but I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to make a future bet, whether you're talking about the National League pennant or the World Series, with some much nicer odds compared to the beginning of the season. How about you tell me? Because let's pick out another division. Yeah, The other division winners, I said we'll get to the NL Central. You've got the Dodgers in the East, American League side, Houston, Minnesota, New York Yankees. Do you see any of these teams blowing their big leads? I really don't. I mean, I just I want to try to like Cleveland a little bit more, but the leads are just still insurmountable. It's about that as much as it is the way the teams have played to this point of the season. Minnesota is now dealing with a lot of injuries in the outfield, and obviously that's a team that has been carried by its offense, by its prodigious power. Uh, so maybe you could start to look at that and wonder if Cleveland can start climbing back in if Minnesota, uh, if their offense isn't quite as strong in the second half or isn't quite as strong over the next six weeks, eight weeks, while they uh, have all these guys on the IL as it's been all season. But these are just monstrous leads. And what we, it's not just about the team that's chasing playing well. You need the team that is ahead to suddenly play 500 ball, 480 ball. And the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Astros, and the Twins have shown us no reason to think that suddenly they're going to play 500 or 480 or 460 ball for 80 games. So I think that's really where things get really dicey, no matter how much you might like the Indians or the Rays. I think you can't even really make an argument for either of the West divisions. Yeah, Michael, the only one I'm considering, you brought up American League Central looking at the Indians. You have the Twins with the best run differential in the American League. Are they really that team? Are they going to play that way the rest of the season? I don't think they can quite keep that up. And Cleveland right now, they're dealing with Baltimore. Kansas City's next. They've got 13 more games this season against the Twins. So will they be able to take advantage? Right now, your your rotation there, Bauer, Bieber, Plesak. Well, Clevenger is now back. Uh, Kluber's starting a throwing program. Salazar, he's going to begin a rehab soon. So maybe there's some hope there with the Cleveland Indians. Uh, the odds are plus 850. I think that's the only team that you could take a swing at as far as the divisions go. Let's uh, move to the National League Central. Uh, right now, much of the division playing like complete garbage right now. But uh, there there are some enticing odds out there. Here, here you go. The Cubs are the favorite at plus 125. Then Brewers come in at plus 185. Cardinals, 3-1. to one. Reds, 18-1. to one. Pirates, 33 to 1 with half the season left. How would you bet the NL Central? The most intriguing odds are the Cardinals just because uh, I don't think there's a ton of uh, distance between them, the Brewers, and the Cubs, and they have the longest odds, so you've got the biggest payoff. So they're the most intriguing odds. But I think with as close as this division is, that at least for me, the way I look at it is I want to just ride with who I think the best team is. And as maddening as they've been the last month, I still think it's the Cubs. And what it comes down to for me uh, is Milwaukee's pitching. The Cubs pitching hasn't necessarily been great over the last month or so, but Milwaukee's pitching looked like it was going to be an issue last year. Somehow it wasn't. It looked like it was going to be an issue this year, and now those chickens are coming home to roost. And as incredible as uh, Christian Yelich is, he can't do it all by himself. Uh, obviously, Jesus Aguilar has fallen off the map this season. Uh, Lorenzo Kane is not having a Lorenzo Kane type season. They have had contributions from other guys, and then Mikey Stockis having a monster year. Got to believe that Keston Hira is going to be back sooner rather than later. I can't believe 
A, that they sent him down, and B, that he is not back yet. No, he's going to be coming back, and he's going to be a big guy for that offense, but I just think that pitching is going to be a huge issue for them the entire second half of the season. I like the Cubs. Stay ahead. Uh, it's going to be a pendulum-swinging division for the, for the rest of the year. It might only take 87 wins, 88 wins to get the NL Central, uh, but I think that top to bottom, the Cubs have the best team, and when it's this close and – the odds, especially between the Cubs and the Brewers, it's not like one of them has just such a, ma- a major payoff compared with the other one. I'm just going to ride with the team who I think is better for me. That's the Cubs. Yeah, that's the most sensible play. If the Cubs are playing their best baseball, they're going to end up winning the division. I don't think you could really debate that. But I am a sucker for some nice numbers, and everybody is still in this. Uh, mm. Am I crazy for considering the Reds with the second-best run differential in the division at a number like 18 to 1, this is a front office that has said they are in go for it mode. Yeah, I don't think you are. I've really liked this team coming into the year, and I believe I said on that podcast that you and I had going back to uh, the, the beginning of the season that I wanted to believe in the Reds as a playoff team, but I just looked at the 50 whatever games they were going to have to play against the Cubs, Brewers, and Cardinals and couldn't fully get myself there. The fact that they're this close at this stage of the season does make me intrigued by them. They should be getting Scooter Jeanette back relatively soon, and we knew that that was always going to be a team that uh, had a a strong offense. Uh, It was the pitching that really carried them, or at least kept their uh, head above water for the first six weeks of the season. Now we've seen Joey Votto start to come on. Yasiel Puig has looked like a completely different hitter uh, during June than he did in April and May. You add Jeanette back to that offense, and suddenly you're talking about a, a team that when it is at its peak, is probably a, I don't know, off the top of my head, I want to say a top four or five offense in the National League, maybe mm-hmm. even better than that. So it's definitely an intriguing team. I still think they're going to need to do something uh, with the pitching. I trust the offense to come around. I trust Luis Castillo, uh, but I think they're going to need to figure something out uh, behind him to stay with the Cubs and the Brewers. But definitely, with uh, when you factor in what the odds are, they become uh, an intriguing team uh, from my standpoint. You're listening to Early Odds on Sports Radio 670. The score, this is Joe Ostrowski along with Michael Beller of Sports Illustrated at the midway point of the season. So we're going over the divisions and some of the awards out there. And Michael Caesars actually posted a really cool MLB prop that I love. I was happy they were able to do it because as we've been discussing, it's a league of haves and have-nots still. But the prop that they posted at Caesars was a yes-no one with the Dodgers Yankees or Astros get the Dodgers Yankees or Astros win the World Series would you bet yes or no um I would bet yes I, I really like that I mean <laughs> I know that there's so many I mean look how many teams we talked about and you can craft uh strong cases for the Cubs for the Nationals for the Indians if they get into the playoffs plenty of teams that you can really get behind but they, those three teams have just been so so good and what I love about that is that you have to feel pretty strong. You have to feel as good as you could possibly feel that you're getting the American League pennant winner by having the Yankees and the Astros. So as good as you can feel about having at least one guaranteed team in and one very good guaranteed team in, uh, you will feel if you take this. So I love knowing that, hey, if it's the Yankees, if it's the Astros, I've got the American League team. They're easily one of the two, three best teams in the league. I can ride with that right now. 
and then maybe I get the Dodgers on top of that, and if, if, if it ends up being Dodgers versus one of those teams, then I've got it. It doesn't even matter what happens in the World Series with what those three teams have done to this point, with the fact that it feels like we haven't even seen any of the three at their peak, right? I mean, the Yankees have dealt with injuries all season long. Houston just went on that spell where they were playing without Springer, without uh, El Tuve, and without Carlos Correa, who's also still on the DL right now. Uh, it feels like we haven't even necessarily seen any of them, except for maybe the exception of the Dodgers, at their absolute best this season. That's a scary thought for the rest of Major League Baseball, and that's why I just think that it's a bet I'm willing to take right now because those three teams head and shoulders above the rest of the majors. Agree. I would bet yes on this. It's a favorite. I think they're down to minus 165 now. But all year long, I felt the Yankees would win this. And even with all the injuries, I never thought they would continue to play like this. And in this era, over the past few years, it's looked like we know the best team. The best team has gone on in the playoffs, even though people always say it's a crapshoot in baseball. Best team usually ends up winning the World Series with what we've seen with Boston, Houston, and the Cubs in recent seasons. So I definitely like the yes side on that bet. Uh, some of the season-long awards. Let's go over there. Let's start on the National League side because I don't even know if there's a bet to discuss here. With the MVP, you have Bellinger at 3-2 to two and Yelich. Even Bellinger's Fangraphs war is five point six, and Yelich is four point five. These guys are nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, I really think that one of them has to fall off completely, uh, especially when you throw in Bellinger being on the best team in the National League. We know that voters like to get behind a narrative, so you've got one guy in the best team in the National League. You've got another guy who has been the best player in the National League for two years running now, and is going for consecutive MVPs. Those are great narratives to get behind as well. I do think that it's going to take something special for it not to be one of those two guys. If I was going to make an argument for anyone, just given the fact that everyone else is so far off the pace, sure, um, you know, Ronald Acuna has had a nice year and has had a very nice June. Uh, Anthony Rizzo or Javi Baez got hot over the second half and carried the Cubs to a really strong second half in an NL Central title. You know, maybe there's something there, but you're going to need something very special to get past both Yelich and Bellinger. So if you're going to need that, why not take a big shot? How about Manny Machado at 60 to one? The guy over the last two weeks hitting 456 with a 930 slugging percentage and seven home runs. This is obviously not 930 slugging percentage. The guy he's supposed to be, but was nowhere near what the Padres uh, assumed they were getting for the first eight nine weeks of the season. Now we're starting to see. Uh, the player who he was the last couple of seasons in Baltimore. Now, let's say he goes on a 380-480-600 second half and gets the Padres, squeezes them into the playoffs. Maybe that's something special that could help him get past Bellinger or Yellow. So if I was going to go away from one of those two guys, if I was going to make a bet on this, I would just take a long shot and go with Manny Machado, given what he's shown us the last couple of weeks. Let's go to the Cy Young side. It's worth bringing up with all the White Sox fans listening. Lucas Giolito before the season, 200-1, to 200-1. Right now at the Superbook in Vegas, Lucas Giolito is 5-2. to two. Lance Lynn actually has the highest Fangraphs ward. There's <laughs> got to be some sort of a glitch, Michael. I don't know what's going on. With a 3.3 Fangraphs ward, he's 500-1 to one to win the Cy Young. Of the awards, of these four, the MVPs and the Cy Youngs, the AL Cy Young is the one that's really up for grabs. Yeah, it is. And then it's probably no surprise that it's the one I've got the most names written down for. You know, if this weren't a gambling 
show, and we were just saying, who's going to win the AL Cy Young? And you felt comfortable just going that route with your money. Verlander. Justin Verlander, exactly. Yeah. Right? And the best pitcher in, in the league over the last couple of years, he'd be the guy to go. But it, it, this is a gambling show. We are talking gambling. So if you do factor in the odds, I like Charlie Morton. With what he has done the last couple of seasons, now with what he's done taking uh, everything over to Tampa, Hasn't lost a bit. Now, obviously, uh, you know, Trevor Bauer made a little bit of news in recent years talking about uh, the way guys are revived when they get to Houston. Well, it hasn't mattered for Charlie Morton leaving Houston and going to Tampa. He sits at 10-1, to 1, and another guy who's playing for a contending team who is likely to be pitching in the postseason, who has just had an excellent year, who can really uh, keep these, this going through the second half. And if one of those Astros, Verlander or, uh, or Garrett Cole, falls off, I think Charlie Morton is sitting there in prime position to jump up and win a Cy Young. Wow, did you ever think that you would say that? And the... I did not. Did you ever think you'd say that Lance Lynn was, uh, had the oh. leading fan graph? Something's before? wrong. Something's wrong. I, I need to call <laughs> there and talk to somebody about what's going on. A- NL Cy Young, a similar situation to the MVP. It looks like Scherzer and Ryu a cut above everyone else. Yeah, and I actually love Max Scherzer for this bet. This might be my favorite one that we've talked about just because you cannot take anything away from Ryu, and especially if you look back at what he did last season, you combine it with this year, you basically get a full season of about a 170 ERA, an absolutely dominant pitcher. But he's always had this injury history that has uh, kept him from being this sort of pitcher over a full season. That is always lurking there for him. Then you factor in the fact that the Dodgers are running away with the NL West, and this is a team that has Ross Stripling, it has Julio Urias. Yes, they did just lose Rich Hill to the uh, IL, and it sounds like that's going to be a long-term deal for Rich Hill with the forearm strain, but maybe they start to take it easy on Ryu and get themselves ready for the postseason. Meanwhile, Max Scherzer and the Nationals playing for their postseason lives. Max Scherzer seems like he's always pitching for his life whenever he's out there. I like getting one and a half to one on my money and just riding with Max Scherzer, a guy who uh, has been the best pitcher in baseball for five years running now. I mean, I just think that even though the odds aren't like they're going to pay out a huge way for you, everything he's done, looking at all he's got to do is get ahead of Ryu. He wins himself another Cy Young. I really like that bet, actually. Yeah, I do, too. He already has a 1.3 Fangraphs war lead on Ryu, and uh, I don't think it's going to change. And you know what voters like? Voters like moments like a stud starting pitcher going out there with a broken nose and a black eye and going out and winning a ball game. That that appeals to voters, so I could see Scherzer winning this one for sure. Home run leader. Right now, Yelich has the lead, and he is 2-1. to one. Uh, There's Alonzo right behind him, Bellinger in the conversation as well, and Carnacion, Mike Trout hanging around, and his odds are 8-1. to Does anything jump out at a home run leader? Uh, A couple of guys jump out at me. Uh, Encarnacion is the first one. I I just think that you put a guy with that much power in Yankee Stadium for half of his games, uh, and you give him all the power that he has around him. I mean, there's really no way to work around Edwin Encarnacion in New York, the way that there was uh, when he was with Seattle, you could sort of find your softer spots in that lineup to attack and not necessarily worry about Encarnacion. That's not going to be the case in this Yankees lineup. You can't just work around Encarnacion, then you got to deal with Gary Sanchez, then you got to deal with Aaron Judge, then you got to deal with Glaber Torres or DJ LeMayhew, right, having a ridiculous season there. So I think that he's going to get plenty of opportunities, and his power stroke just plays so well to that stadium that I do uh, like him. If That would be my first way to go here uh, in this. I also think you could throw a little bit at Fran Mill Reyes, uh, 22 homers, hit two homers in a game. Uh, I remember uh, you talking about him with us in March when he was 200-1. to 1. 
He was my guy back then. Yes. Power's been there. The uh, for for my fantasy teams, the uh, the OBP hasn't quite been what I was hoping it would be. But the power has been huge for him. And with Will Myers sliding away, right? This is the one thing I talked about in March was that playing time could be an issue because of how crowded the San Diego off or outfield, excuse me, uh, was going to be. But with Will Myers just totally going in the tank, uh, Framil Reyes has a everyday spot in that lineup. So twenty two homers already on the season. He's another guy who uh, you know he could rip off a you know a nine homer week and suddenly jump from eighth in the majors to third in the majors so he's someone who uh, i like a little bit also at 18 to 1 yeah encarnacion also jumped out to me he's 15 to 1 right now and at the beginning of the year if you knew he was playing for the yankees an entire season uh the number might even be lower than 15 to 1 i think that's some nice value there as yankees just continue to hit homers every single game that's what they do michael uh michael this was a blast thank you so much for jumping on early odds once again you got it joe thanks for having me michael beller of sports illustrated follow him on twitter at m beller also appreciate the superbooks john murray for contributing this week on early odds and subscribe to the early odds with joe ostrowski podcast so you never miss an episode inside the clubhouse is next on the score best of luck everyone you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.